Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We have a gentleman who is joining us who is the reporter and deputy managing editor of investigations at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. His name is Mike Sala. I think I have that right. If I don't, then let me know. And uh, happy to uh, be joined by him to talk about something that is really serious. And that is the story that the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and ProPublica coordinated on on the Phillips CPAP situation. We talked about that on the show. So I want to welcome you, Mike, to Reality Check. How are you today? Good, Tanya. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. So in December of 2023, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and ProPublica coordinated and uh, uh, collaborated on a story on the Philips Respironic CPAP machines. Now, in on January 29th, it was announced that these machines, the ones that are made by Philips, would no longer be sold to patients in the United States. But your story in December talked about the fact that uh, the initial recall of these machines uh, and the machines that replace them may still have some issues. So please expand on that. Yeah, sure, Tanya. Um, so you know, it wasn't. It was the CPAPs as well as the ventilators. Philips is one of the largest makers in the world of breathing machines, mm. and they're one of the top suppliers in the U.S. for people that suffer from sleep apnea, as well as just hospital ventilators. What they did was when they started manufacturing these particular devices. In 2009, they put a foam, an industrial foam, inside the machines to lessen the sound. Because, you know, people are either sleeping or they're in hospitals and they need the noise of these machines. It would lessen that kind of vibration and noise. Unfortunately, uh, Tanya, it was the wrong foam. What happens under, under heat and moisture, it breaks down into tiny particles and fumes, cancer-causing materials that are spewed into the masks of these sleeping patients. And what we found was that the company was getting complaints going back to 2010, 2011, 2012, all through the years, but they weren't turning those complaints under law over to the government. They weren't letting the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, know that these machines were defective, nor did they tell the FDA right away when they started doing the chemical tests on the foam that they were emitting hazardous fumes and particles, formaldehyde, phenol, different kinds of volatile organic compounds that can kill people, you know, at certain levels. And so... What we found was that there was the company held back thousands of these complaints until finally it couldn't basically hold them back anymore. And they were forced to essentially do a recall um, under the government's watch. And um, we didn't, you know, these things can happen in medical devices, 
but they never tried to even alleviate the problem. They knew we have emails showing way back in 2015, 2016, their engineers were aware of the problem. They knew it was going to be potentially a hazardous health problem, and yet they never disclosed it to the American public. And so today, you have millions of people. There are lawsuits now. We have over 2,000 cases of reported cancers, um, over 500 deaths. There are thousands of cases of respiratory distress, as well as liver and, can, and, and uh, kidney failure. It's hard not to be speechless when you think of those numbers um, and when you think of the company's responsibility to the public, because obviously for people who are unaware, sleep apnea is a disease that can kill people. People were on these machines because they had difficulty uh, in their sleep. They were waking up uh, to take breaths. Sleep apnea untreated can be responsible for people dying who have uh, the obstruction that comes sometimes with age, comes sometimes with uh, obesity and other conditions. And we're also talking about ventilators that people use in hospitals to breathe. So it, it's it's unconscionable that a company would hold back this information. But I think even more disturbing than that is that once they recalled the machines, your investigation found that even the recalled machines, even though they changed the phone, uh, th- this new phone may also have some problems. So uh, please tell us what you found. Yeah, so what we found was that um, there was a test done on the silicone foam. So instead of using a polyester polyurethane foam, which was the problem foam initially, they started using a silicone foam. Unfortunately, tests on that foam also failed. It showed that they were emitting Um, high levels of formaldehyde. And um, this was not revealed to the the public by the company. It should have. The FDA also could have been far more robust in letting people know there may be a problem with this new phone. What the FDA has done is it's basically ordered the company, for lack of any better word, to continue testing the phone because they're not satisfied with the test results either at this point. They cannot totally clear those machines. It has told people, look, it's better that you use a device to help you sleep, but please be on guard that we are asking the company to continue testing these devices. So it's been one problem after the other. And I should say, Tanya, you made the point um, also earlier that a lot of these devices ended up in hospitals in COVID wards. And unfortunately, and I I should have mentioned this earlier, we also found documentation and records to show that the company continued to push the sale of ventilators during the pandemic, knowing full well that these ventilators carried the problematic foam and never disclosed that to any of the hospitals or any of the vendors that it was selling, including the U.S. government. So that was another element that we found in the course of our reporting. If you're just joining us, I'm Tanya Pendleton. This is Reality Check, and I am talking to Mike Sala, who is the reporter and deputy managing editor of investigations at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 
He's, his paper, along with ProPublica, uh, combined on a report that was released in December uh, of 2023 about risks, not just to CPAPs and ventilators made by Philips, uh, the original uh, Respironics machine, but also uh, informing people about potential issues with the recalled machines. So, Mike, I have to ask you, uh, based on your reporting, what do you reasonably believe is the risk to the public at this point? Because it sounds like even the FDA doesn't believe anything that Philips has had to say about these products. Yeah, that's a really great question, Tanya. I think um, I would go along with what toxicologists have been telling us and some of the medical experts that we've consulted with. What they basically said is, if you can please not use the recall machines, if it's possible, try to get an alternative. Try to go to another company that sells the CPAPs um, because of the risks that are inherent in these machines. There are still thousands of people that have not yet received replacement devices since the recall. And so some of them may be still using the recalled machines. And our medical experts are telling their patients, don't use them. That's their advice. Um, and I, you know, would certainly be willing to convey that to the public. Um, couple good things that came out of this, though, Tanya, at least, is that Senator Richard Blumenthal and Senator Dick Durbin have both called for an investigation by the General Accountability Office, the GOA, of both Phillips as well as the FDA's response to the crisis and hasn't handled it in the best way that it could as the top government regulator. And I also should add that Phillips is a result of its ongoing discussions with the Department of Justice has agreed to stop selling all of its breathing devices in the United States um, for the several years to come while they try to comply with the terms of a consent decree that we're still waiting to get, that it's still not yet been public. So a couple positive developments have come out of this as a result, at least in part, of getting the word out to the public about this. Right. But it's interesting that you say getting the word out to the public, because I feel as though uh, uh, even though the reporting that you and ProPublica did was extensive, and this was a lengthy story, that this is does not seem to be something that is uh, uh, on the national mainstream. You know, certainly we saw that uh, the FDA announced that Philips would no longer be selling these machines, but really left people who have the machines already in the lurch of of having no information about how to proceed. How many machines are we talking about? Well, the recall was up to 15 million. Remember, they're a big, big medical device. Uh, they were, they were some of, they were among the one, either number one or number two in market share for all of the CPAPs and ventilators um, in the country. So there was a lot. We're talking millions. Um, there are still. As of a few months ago, there were still hundreds of thousands of people without replacement devices. So it's created not just a national um, crisis for folks that are experiencing sleep apnea, and that's a lot of people. We talk about maybe one out of every 20 Americans 
has symptoms of sleep apnea. It's a huge number, Tanya. Secondly, you're absolutely right. It's left people in the lurch about what should they do? Where should they go? And they're not getting the answers. And the FDA needs to be more explicit about getting the word out to people exactly how they should proceed moving forward. Most of these poor people have turned to either social media, YouTube, which is delivered. You've had a lot of these folks um, counseling people on how to remove the foam from their devices. Um, and um, they've turned to us in many ways for answers. But you're right. It's left a void of information for people. And thankfully, because other media outlets like WURD and others are picking up the story, it's helping to get the word out um, to, um, to folks that are experiencing not just the patients, but also hospitals and vendors who are also kind of looking for answers. Um, we had a um, huge online forum, over five, 600 people uh, joined in a, uh, where Debbie, myself, Debbie Sensiper from ProPublica, who was a major reporter in this as well, myself and others, and doctors that we brought on as medical experts to give information to people. And literally it was, they couldn't get enough. Mike, if if you can stay on with us, let me go ahead and take a break and we'll come back because this is important information. I I don't want to cut you short on this. So let's go ahead and take that break and we will be right back with more Reality Check after this break on Word. And we are back with Reality Check. I'm Tanya Pendleton and I have been talking to Mike Sala, who is the reporter and deputy managing editor of investigations at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Their paper and ProPublica uh, worked together on a story on the Philips Respironics uh, breathing machines that people use uh, to treat sleep apnea. This story ran in December of 2023. And not only are they saying that the original machines that were recalled, uh, that those are posing problems, that potentially uh, the recalled machines are posing problems as well. Mike, Philips is now no longer even selling these machines in the United States, though I thought it was interesting that they said they will still be able to sell them overseas, so potentially putting those folks at risk. Uh, But in terms of the Americans who are using the Philips Respironics machines to treat sleep apnea, the CPAP machine, uh, what is the best information that we can give them at this point? You said there was an online forum. I'm sure people had all kinds of questions. I think we can, um, I believe that through ProPublica, they can actually access the online forum and listen to it um, and, and so that they can um, get more information. A lot was conveyed during that hour-long session, and I'm sure it's a lot of good information that they can have. The other is that a lot of sleep doctors, sleep apnea doctors, sleep doctors, Uh, the sleep clinics, they're getting a lot more advanced information now. And I would uh, respectfully ask folks to please consult their sleep doctors, talk to them about the latest. Um, I think they can go to our site, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. They can, uh, even though there's typically a paywall, there is no paywall in these stories right now. And I would highly recommend that they get on and read them. ProPublica also has a um, online site where you can access all the articles that we've written. 
to become familiarized with the issues. Um, it will there's question and answer um, forms in there that they can um, click on and they can get a lot of their questions answered. And um, I'm hoping that the FDA continues to stay will will continue to put out notifications to let people know where they stand because at the end of the day, I think some of the issues are going to be long term, Tanya. There are there is a class action lawsuit in federal court now in Pittsburgh for medical monitoring. That means people would have all their monitoring paid for for several years to come because please understand that many of these chemicals that are emitted, you don't see the net effect of what that will do for you now, even a year from now, but years from now. And that's why many of these folks are lining up to get medical monitoring by the company. Um, most of all the class action lawsuits are being waged in federal court in Pittsburgh. Uh, it is just so troubling uh, when you think of the amount of people potentially impacted by this. Um, um, is there any good news in the fact that although there have been over 500 deaths, at least that we know of, tied to the first set of machines that were recalled, but the fact that millions of people are using these machines and some potentially using them still, that maybe the risk is at least uh, not as high as we might think, given the problems that these machines have uh, shown up with? That's a really good question. I think what the FDA is doing now is they're, they're actually, and they've done this earlier, they're actually looking at whether foam is actually even a good idea in these devices. You want to put a chemical foam, even if it's silicone, even if it's some of the foams that have not been found to be higher risk by some of the other companies, is it really the smartest thing to do in light of what that you're breathing at the end of these machines for eight hours every night and they do generate heat, they do generate humidity. That's not a good thing sometimes. And so I believe that some of the experts are actually looking at just not, let's not include the foam at all in future devices. You do need CPAPs. They were a wonder when they were invented. And by the way, the first, CPAPs in the country mass produced were made in Pittsburgh by Philips, by, by Respironics before mm-hmm. Philips bought that company. And that company set the gold standard at one time. It changed lives. So CPAPs are a great thing for health. It's just what's been added to them over the years that has been problematic. Um, I think it's a wait and see time in many ways. Um, People are going to use other devices. They've gone to other companies to use their devices because there have not been nearly as many complaints about them. Um, and I can't recommend one being a journalist, but they can certainly look for themselves and talk to their doctors about alternatives. I would definitely stay in touch with, everybody should stay in touch with their sleep doctors on this. In hospitals, should be very guarded about what kind of ventilators they're using to ensure that those aren't also producing um, volatile organic compounds that can get inside people's respiratory systems. 
But I mean, this, you know, uh, and, and, and really another one of the challenges is that, to my knowledge, there's really only a, one other manufacturer that makes uh, the majority of CPAP machines in the country. There's Philips and there's another manufacturer, easy, as you said, to look it up and see which one. So if there is a run on these machines, that goes to potential problems with even getting them, making sure they're available. Can you get insurance coverage? Because as we all know, it's Byzantine to go through any kind of insurance change or, or to try to get something approved and all those kinds of things, because these machines are also, uh, if to add insult to injury, literally, they're also expensive. We're talking about CPAPs that cost, uh, you know, we're starting at $1,000. So uh, people generally use insurance to cover that cost. So at this stage of the game, the uh, are there any more repercussions for Philips aside from the class action suit and no longer having the U.S. market to sell these uh, imperfect products to? They, they, there was a settlement in, in a damaged case where they settled for $479 million. Um, and uh, that was for people that actually had to buy these machines out of pocket. This will now pay back part of their costs for those. So that that's ongoing. And I believe plaintiffs have been lining up with the law firms to work with them on getting some compensation for that. Um, there is the medical monitoring, as I mentioned, where Phillips would, would be required, depending on the, how this is adjudicated as to how there are uh, the disposition of the case as to, as to paying for medical monitoring for people for years to come, um, to ensure that they're safe and that they're, that they're, that they didn't incur any kind of long-term illnesses. Um, so you have that going as well. Um, and, you know, we haven't yet, let's see what the government does. I do know there's a congressional inquiry that's going to more than likely get underway. I know that, that there are staffers in Congress looking at this right now. So there may be some other avenues because, as you say, Tanya, there's so many people that are impacted by this. This isn't, you know, a hip replacement, which are serious, but it's not, this isn't a recall for that. It's not a recall for many of the other devices you hear. This is a recall that impacts millions of people. That's why this, we devoted so much of our time and resources to our own investigation with ProPublica is because it did impact so many people. And I, I didn't realize how many folks are impacted by sleep apnea or who rely on ventilators until I embarked on this project. And I realized it's a huge portion of our country. Right, because we're also talking about people who, if they suffered from a serious case of COVID, they could have been breathing through these Philips uh, uh, ventilators. And maybe that could be, and we don't know that for sure, but how do we know that that is not something that's contributed to what people are suffering with long COVID? So there are all kinds of ramifications to this. And it, it just feels like this company, which is now, uh, I believe it's a Dutch company, that they are able to just say, okay, well, we're not going to sell these anymore in the US, but we got the rest of the world that we can uh, put these devices onto, which is uh, problematic uh in that case, but also that they have not provided people with a real uh, uh, solution or recourse to this, because is there any kind of national 
uh, information site or place? Or is that something that the FDA may come up with now that they have a better idea of the extent of the problem? Yeah, that's on, that's really on the FDA. And it may be that the General Accountability Office, the GOA, which is doing an investigation, it may also make firm recommendations that Congress can then take up. Remember, the GOA is the investigative arm of Congress. So now with, with and I did see, I have to tell you, how many U.S. House members and members of the Senate have actually been contacted about this problem. It's it's amazing. And I'd be surprised if um, maybe only a handful of members of Congress have not heard from constituents. So it's on their radar. It is a bit, I'm not going to say it's early because the recall was made in June of 2021. But I believe that because of our work and the work of, um, in some cases, of the FDA, that this is out there now in a way it does need to be more robust and it does need more of a national kind of clearinghouse that allows people all sorts of information on this. Um, you have to be, I would ask people to be very um, cautious um, about what, they, what Phillips might be saying about it only because the FDA has said so. The FDA has challenged Phillips on their representations of the problem. At one point, Phillips was saying that it got X amount of replacement machines out to people, and the FDA called them out on it last summer and said, no, you didn't. You're, you're misrepresenting those numbers. You know, represent those properly. And Phillips had to come out with an amended version of what they had said just a day or two earlier. So hopefully the FDA will stay on top of it now. Um, and hopefully Congress will play a much more vital role. Ultimately, I think it's going to come down to Congress to, to finally take the kind of action that it, it needs to take. We'll have to and, be and let's see what the Department of Justice says, because the consent decree, the subpoenas have been out there now for a while. Criminal subpoenas, by the way. It's not a civil, it's not just a civil investigation. It's criminal. And, and you, your listeners should know that. So let's see what happens. Let's see what comes out of that. Hopefully we'll get some resolution at some of the levels that, that you're talking about. Well, I would assume, too, that uh, given the average age of uh, Congress, that they are probably patients themselves. So uh, I'm quite sure that that probably upgraded the concern levels as well. Uh, and aside from that, it, it appears that after uh, people call their sleep doctors, the next uh, person they should call is their senators or uh uh, their congressional representatives to ask them to push further on this issue because this is 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 just uh, as I said it's unconscionable is the word that I would use that a company was able to get away with this and erode the public trust who are seeking these medical devices for health reasons and to stay alive so um, I, I I I congratulate you and ProPublica on this very very important story and thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Reality Check today. Mike Sala, the reporter and deputy managing editor of investigations at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette doing important work on uh, the CPAP recall and subsequent 
uh, possible problems with the recalled machines along with ProPublica. Thank you so much for your work. And I know we're going to have you back on to talk about uh, this situation as it evolves. So thank you. Thank you, Talia. It was great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 